0: Online communities, classroom culture, and personal relationships have something in common. Whether it's forming a strong emotional bond, feeling included and accepted, or having an attachment to others, feeling like we belong makes us happy. Ever wonder why? Join me, Dr. Eileen Winokur, for my bi-weekly podcast, Journeys to Belonging. As I discuss my personal and professional experiences with belonging, and interview educators and others as they share their stories of belonging. At the end of every episode, I'll offer advice about how we can all feel like we belong. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast. This week, I have a really terrific guest with me somebody that i've been following on twitter and periscope for probably about a year now and she just picks me up um, and sets me straight and gets me going in the morning with her early morning periscopes Um, we i have elizabeth merce with me and she is an early childhood specialist but what I'd like to do is have Elizabeth talk about herself and tell us a little bit more about the things that she's doing.
1: Absolutely. So my full-time daytime job is I teach kindergarten in the city of Virginia Beach, uh, where I live with my husband and daughter. Um, but I'm very passionate about hashtag ditch the clips. So really moving the way we interact with kids from something that's punitive and controlling to something that's skill-based and relationship-based. Um, and I do a lot of that through, um, like you mentioned, my daily live periscopes on social material learning, um, as well as my presence on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook and YouTube and my website as well, all under immersed learning. I like puns. So <laughs> Elizabeth Merz, immersed mm-hmm. learning. hmm
0: yeah, that's, that's terrific. Um, and we'll talk about it a little bit at the end to make sure that everybody can find you. But the first question I'd like to ask you is just a general one. When you think of a sense of belonging or feeling like you belong, what are some words that come to mind or what are some original thoughts that you have when you, when you hear the word belonging?
1: The first thing I get is definitely that feeling of comfort right? So that whole idea of comfort, you're comfortable. So when you feel like you belong, you feel comfortable in that space, you feel comfortable with yourself. I think that's really important when we talk about SEL or anything that has to do with that kind of domain. It's both an inner and an outer. You know, you can't feel like you belong with others if you don't have that sense of comfort and belonging within yourself. And while they develop kind of at the same time and they back and forth, um, I think it's super important for us to remember that it's that sense of comfort within yourself as well as externally in other places.
0: Yeah. Um, that, that whole idea of being okay with being alone was mm. something that um, I talked about uh, and that Noah Daniel talked about also when I interviewed her and this whole idea of self word and being okay with yourself before you sort of move out of that. So I'll be interested to, to talk to you as we um, discuss things about how that happens with little ones because many times um, parents and teachers don't think of the little ones uh, as really being capable of understanding and expressing those emotions. And so and just just because um, not everybody listening to the podcast may know what SEL is. That's um, social emotional learning, which is very important. I was looking at your website as, as we talked before we started recording the podcast, and I noticed that you wrote a post that says Maslow before blooms. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because that's something I'm really, really keen on. So, and, and I'll
1: also address that there's some pushback out in the education spheres as well on that theory. Um, But Maslow um, kind of developed this whole idea of hierarchy of needs. And so the base level is those physiological things, the things that actually keep our body moving, Um, you know, breathing, food, shelter, sleep. And without those, it's very hard to really work on some of the higher level things, Mm -hmm. Um, but also close to the base of that pyramid for him, um, which Research um, kind of dictates whether or not he may or may not have come up with the pyramid idea. But um, one of the ba- base levels is also that whole idea of knowing yourself, belonging, self esteem, feeling like you're part of a group, which totally wraps into this whole conversation. Um, and Bloom's taxonomy is that whole idea of, of teaching and learning, so how people learn and getting into those deeper levels of thinking and learning. And so the idea is if a child doesn't have food, if a child doesn't have shelter, if a child doesn't feel safe, physiologically or emotionally safe then they're not going to be able to really delve into those deeper levels of fluids. Now are you going to have some of those base level? Absolutely. You know you think about kids that learn um, how to manipulate situations to stay safe in abusive type situations. They absolutely learn different things. They might not be the things we want them to learn. They're not academic kind of needs, but they're learning to survive the street smarts. Um, And with that, there has been some pushback in the educational realm on Maslow before Bloom's looking at whether or not it's culturally relevant. And I really think that you can overlay that idea, depending on your, your unique culture and your unique situation. Um, what I'm going to need to feel belonging or safe or have those esteemed needs met might be different than yourself, might be different than my husband, might be different than somebody putting in a different situation or a different country or with a um, different upbringing. And so it definitely is something that we're not prescribing that this is the, you know, specific um, way to feel belonging or the specific way to have that self-esteem need met, but that within the confines of the culture and the identities that you're brought up with, having that sense of belonging and having that sense of self-esteem and who you are and how you fit into the larger society is super important before you can feel emotionally validated and safe enough to hit those learning levels that are stated in Bloom's.
0: Right, and And we do talk about that, you know, if you feel, if a child or a student feels like they're in a safe space, and it doesn't matter how old they are, but especially for our, our young ones who are not yet used to schooling many times because they haven't been in either a preschool or a nursery school before coming into kindergarten. And so making sure that they're feeling adjusted and feeling safe to be able to Make mistakes and all of that. I think is really really important. So let's be more specific in your in your classroom and things that you recommend every morning for other teachers and would even work. You know, be important for parents. What are some of the ways specifically um, that you uh, like lessons that you do or activities that you do in your classroom or even at home with your daughter to make them feel that sense of belonging, or feel that they're safe, um, feel that idea that it's okay to discover myself and make mistakes.
1: Well, I think there's a couple of, of really important things to be consistent about. That consistent piece is huge, that consistency, where when kids have that predictability, it's so good for them to feel safe, right? They know what to expect when they're little um, So all of it is very hinging on you being consistent with it. Um, one of the biggest things I say with little ones is that emotional validation, because when they're little, they feel very big emotions. And for us on the outside, we might go, why are you, know, why are you so upset that somebody knocked your tower down? Why are you so upset that your line didn't go the right way on the people? Why are you so upset? We can fix this. But to them, it is an end of the world situation. That's how they feel. And when we tell them, no, you don't feel that way, or no, you shouldn't feel that way, or or whatever um, the case might be, where we're invalidating that feeling, they don't feel secure enough in how they're feeling and perceiving the world. we're literally telling them that what they are feeling and experiencing doesn't exist. And how can you learn to trust yourself and the world around you if you don't feel safe in even how you perceive the world around you? And so it's such an important thing to validate those feelings. It's okay to have any feeling. Now, how you react and treat others in that feeling, we can talk about the validity of that, but it's really important that they know that they are allowed to have those feelings. It's okay yeah. to be angry at me. Um, I tell my daughter that all the time and Why does she have those moments, right? Um, It's okay to be disappointed with your teacher. It's okay to be frustrated and angry. Um, And a lot of times, especially in early ed, we talk about, and early ed specifically references the ages between birth and age eight, so about um, second grade for the United States. um, That's as defined by the National Association for the Education of Young Children, or NACI. And so um, for those young kids, they're so often told that those feelings, you know, aren't valid when they're negative. So we sing, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, but we don't tell them that it's okay to have negative emotions, that we have negative emotions, what to do with those negative emotions, and so they just feel them, and that can feel unsafe, especially if they come from a home where the, those type, type of emotions weren't validated or allowed to be expressed or if you did see somebody expressing those emotions, it might've been in a dangerous type way, whether it was emotionally dangerous or physically dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so those kids really need to have an example of us feeling and having them, but also being allowed for them to have them and feel them and express them in a way that is safe for everybody around them. And doing that consistently takes that fear and unknown out of those feelings. we're going to all have that feeling of anger or panic or sadness or frustration or whatever. Um, and it doesn't make us a bad person. Those are fleeting emotions that we have based on situations. So that's one of the most important things for me is validating that emotional piece. The second thing that's really important with littles is making sure that we allow their identity to be fluid when we are little. So often we see, especially when it comes to like dramatic play, you know, a dad will come in and their little boy is dressed up in a dress and that doesn't have any bearing on what's going to happen twenty years from now for that kid. But right there in that moment, he's trying out a new identity, and that's okay. That's typical. That's what's expected. Um, I would be more concerned if they never wanted to try it to be somebody else. My daughter today wanted to be villains only. Um, no, does that mean that she's really <laughs> going to go rob jewels from like a heist? You know? No. Did <laughs> we play that way all day? Absolutely. We're running around with flashlights and stealing jewels. <laughs> so it's. that doesn't have any bearing on who she is going to be later but she's trying out some of those pieces of that identity and it's really important that we allow kids and validate that it's okay to try that out you know and exposing them to different identities whether it's through literature or the people you bring in the guest speakers um community helpers making sure that they match and mirror the kids in your class but also not match and not mirror the kids in your class all of that and be allowed to try out those different identities where that's not a judgment on whether or not I love you. I love you because you are here and you are you and I love you no matter what, regardless of the emotions you have, regardless of the identity you try. And when they feel that consistently, then they're more apt to try those things out and really be themselves and feel safe within themselves.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so important, especially these days as as we hear there's, there's so much discussion about um people trying as an as an older child or as an adult trying to come to terms with uh an identity that that they felt they had earlier on but then they didn't feel they were in a safe space and had to um sort of delay those feelings and then having to work through them as an adult um and so you know that that becomes very very difficult in um i know that you you've started uh, I don't. I don't know how long ago, but I know that you you do your scopes every morning. Um, I think they're during the week rather than on the weekends, yes. right? At seven a.m. Yes. Eastern Eastern time. What yes. What started you doing that, and um, what keeps you going with all of that? Because each day is a new topic, and it's uh, and it's always so heartfelt. And so, how did it get started? And then, yeah, like I said, how did how did it keep going?
1: So. Um- Last spring, I guess it was, um, I decided to start trying it, and I'm pretty sure it was at the pitching of my friend Don Sturm. <laughs> he usually pushes me to try more and share more, and um, so I really appreciate that. And for me, I, as a mom of a little, I work full time. I do consulting on the side. I like to read. I'm a runner. Um, So I don't have a lot of free time. And so that little smidge of time when I park my car at school before I go in is the only child free time where I can really get that in. Um, And so I figured, hey, I can start doing it. We'll see how long it lasts. Um, and I have a for about a year to do it every day. Um, usually they're between five and 15 minutes long, depending on how passionate I get about the topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, most of the time they're all education related. But most of the time, they do uh, revolve around social-emotional learning of some capacity, whether it's for adults or for students, because it's so important to understand how your own social-emotional health really impacts the social-emotional well-being of the kids in front of you, whether it's as a parent or as a teacher, Um, and your relationships with other people. I mean, it's just huge to get that well-being. Um, I'm not a therapist, (laughs) but I do promote making sure that you do that inner work. It's so powerful. Um, And most of the topic ideas I get, I get through talking with my four o'clock faculty PLN. Um, so they are a group of people we've been together for a couple of years now and we talk daily about everything under the sun but mainly education issues and through just extensive use of Twitter and reading and sometimes people will ask me questions and it's easier to get an answer out in that kind of medium. Um, right, you can see my facial expressions and you can I can type in resources on the bottom um, than it is sometimes in like a blog post that takes me a little bit longer because I edit it and I overthink it. Whereas with a live Video, I just kind of just say it, and it is what it is, and it's out in the universe, um, and it's also helped me practice, really, um, thinking about my own beliefs, because I am putting them out there, and people are able to question them, and um, they do ask for research to back it up, which they usually have, <laughs> um, but I, I really do enjoy that, because it makes me feel more secure in what I'm doing with my kids, as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh- as as far as you know, are there mostly educators who are watching? Um, do your do any of I mean your your own school parents from your classroom watch or catch it <laughs> later? Uh, are and what is your interaction with with parents, either the parents of the children in your classrooms or parents in general? Because I think, like I, I've said several times, your advice and your Wisdom about early childhood and the littles is is so important also for parents and especially with the younger ones. Parents are really looking for advice because there's so much contradictory and um, Different advice out there now for and for children even even in the research. So yeah, so what is your involvement in terms of um, The parents
1: Absolutely. So I do actually have some followers that are just parents Um, and I've actually messaged them and said, hey, I noticed your profile says you're in finance or in this or that. How this, you know, why are you following me and watching every day? Just curious. Um, and they said it was so relevant to their own children or to their grandchildren um, that they just were drawn in and they really, you know, somebody shared it and they were like, wow, I really need this information. And so they'll ask me questions, they'll shoot me DMs. Um, and then the parents in my class, I try not to promote too much of um, immersed learning in, within my classroom. Um, just because I feel like it's a little bit of a conflict of interest that there are some parents that have discovered it. Um, or found it through various means. And so they will follow either my Facebook um, page or my Instagram page, or sometimes even the Periscopes. um, And they have found it helpful. I do want to reach more parents. um, But as you said, there's so much information that's out there and a lot of it really, um, you know, one camp is this and they are, you know, to the ends of the earth with this and another camp is this. And so for me, it's really hard when I know that right now I have limited energies because of my own young family um, to really delve into that. And so I have stuck a little bit more with teachers um, because there is an overall understanding of child development. There is a little bit more understanding of what works well in a classroom setting. Um, But I have, especially on my Instagram page, done a lot more for parents and specific questions and videos and um, things like that directed to parents specifically, because they do need it, you know, they're tired too, and so it's hard to make good, valid thought through decisions in managing your own child when you're tired, and firsthand experience, absolutely, we have that same problem in our own home, <laughs> where my husband and I might know the right thing to do, but there are some days where we're just like, oh my gosh, and we look at each other and go, all right, we're tagging in, tagging out, um, because we do know that it is tough when it's your own little one versus somebody else's little one you're caring for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important to own that. And as you were mentioning before, in terms of in front of the children is to, to talk about it. Um, you know, I used to teach third grade, which is a little bit above the early childhood level. But whenever I would make a mistake or I'd come in and I, I wasn't having a great day and I felt that a reaction to a student or a situation was less than ideal, I would always own up to it um, or try to own up to because I think it's important for them to see we're human too. And, you know, we as adults have those kinds of emotions and those bad days and good days. And, and so, you know, as you said before, it's, it's really important to model them. Um, Mm -hmm. You've mentioned a couple of times uh, about your immersed learning and your consulting work, which I know is sort of on the side right now, because (laughs) of course, you know, you're, your teaching and your, and your daughter come first, your family, but um, if you could just talk a little bit about what kinds of advice or what kinds of things you you would you do with your consulting or you'd like to do with your consulting, and in terms of making sure that uh, the littles feel um, safe and feel that they have that sense of belonging.
1: So, so. Lots of questions in there. For my consulting stuff, a lot of what I do is um, nonprofit work. I'll work with a couple of nonprofits in my local area and teach preschool teachers. So teachers that are currently in classrooms for early childhood, birth through kindergarten for the most part. Um, And we do a gamut of different things. They know what um, I'm willing to present on. And so I will come in and either do a one-time thing or sometimes come back for additional support as needed. Um, Sometimes come into their specific center and change around how they're centers are looking so housekeeping and science and things like that and how that's functioning um, I, I've even done things like uh, kindergarten readiness for parents because parents have a misconception of what kindergarten is now for the U.S. education system um, I think we all have a misconception of what kindergarten is for the U.S. education system but that's another podcast for another day um, and so making sure parents know how to prepare their littles and what to expect and how they can best support. Um, so those are some of the things that I've currently done, along with things like the periscopes and putting out things on social media, easily consumable. Um, ideally, I'd like to get into doing more courses where people can go online and and do, you know, self-paced kind of course on the different um components that I teach with SEL development. So when I promote things like, hey, don't force kids to apologize, that sends people like, oh my gosh, well what am I supposed to do instead? And so I want to have an easy course where people can kind of go through and look at those different components. Um, that I talk about, and really delve deeper into them as needed, and I'd like to do that for both the teacher side and the parent side at some point, um, because that consistency is so important, and when parents understand, and teachers understand the why of why I'm um, kind of suggesting different uh, methods, and what they grew up with, um, and what the science is behind it, that it's not new, it's been around for hundreds, you know, since the 1900s, uh, early 1900s, Um, that this has been proven time and again to be effective and why. Um, So I want to have that built in so that consistency is there for all of our littles. Um, For me, it's such a passion. You know, it's knowing that what I'm doing is helping kids have better relationships and having adults have better relationships and making sure that they feel safe and loved and that um, punishment is replaced with skill building and relationship building. Because Punishment does nothing but break bonds, and whereas building that relationship and teaching that skill changes the behavior long-term. It's not, it's so different, and it is so meaningful, and it is something that I'm so passionate about, so definitely want to look into getting more coursework running with all my free time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need a little bit more coffee for that, but Starbucks yes. is currently closed.
0: Oh. Hopefully, and certainly not during this whole crisis time. I, I, and I, I agree with you, and it is a whole other uh, discussion about the disconnect between uh, developmental uh, readiness and what mm-hmm. we're asking uh, or expecting children to do uh, at the early childhood level, especially, but even beyond, uh, is, is, uh, is something I'm really passionate about also. Um, I have a friend in Kuwait who is... Um, offers parenting courses and taught early childhood for um, more than 20 years, and she feels the same way that we do, um, that there really needs, and, and she talks about it a lot and models it a lot, um, so it's definitely something that's needed, and parents are looking for that kind of thing, and so are teachers, because they don't, they, they've, they're aware that there's that disconnect, but they don't know what to do with it. Um, and of course, if the demands from the school are something different, that, you know, that's really hard for them to advocate if, if they don't have that background. So the last thing I wanted to ask you was, um, and you've, you've mentioned some of it along the way, but specifically some advice for uh, teachers, for educators, and maybe some parents who are listening to the podcast about how to create that sense of belonging, either in their personal space at home, Uh, Or in their classrooms. What are some key things that you think are are really important other than the things that you've mentioned already.
1: I definitely think um, those consistent routines is so important because kids know what to expect. And within there, making sure that relationship building is part of that. Um, I know that the Conscious Discipline Program has the I Love You type rituals, but there's so many variations of that. So when you see those viral handshakes come in at the front door or you have specific morning meetings that you do all the time with your kids, making sure you have those traditions, those routines that kids are so used to, that they love, that they want, that they just long for. You know, it's almost like when you go back home and your mom can only cook this one meal because that is your favorite meal and you have to have it. That makes you feel like you belong there. Like, ah, a weight is lifted. You know, I'm getting what I'm supposed to have. This is exactly what I want. And we wanna build those. Those are, you know, the more intentional you are with that, the deeper those bonds run. So if it's at your own home, making sure you have the same consistent bedtime routine with the same types of books or, um, you know, special way that you say, I love you. If you're putting your kids on the bus, it's the same kind of, you know, I always tell my kids see you later alligators because our, that's our school mask guys, the gators. Um, so we have the same kind of things that we do every time. Um, maybe the same type of silly knock-knock jokes, something that really starts to build that relationship and builds that bond um so that even when they are 15 and mad at you you can say that silly knock knock joke and it brings them back to that time you know you really want to have I can't say it enough, consistency um, and relationship building. And so the same thing you would do if you were courting somebody, for example, and starting to date them and you would have, you know, remind them of, of your love and your relationship and your connection through, you know, notes or letters or going to your favorite places or pictures of your favorite places. We need to do that same relationship building, obviously not in a romantic sense, um, but with our kids, the same intentionality that we would put into you know the beginnings of a romantic relationship we need to think about some of those aspects when we're building that relationship with kids that consistency um, shared meaning shared memories um, and that's why morning meetings and different things like that are so important because you're building the shared memories um, the shared language all of those things in together with your kids that you can remind them of um, in times like this <laughs> when your babies aren't with them
0: Yes. Yeah. And also in times where they're not used to, where they don't necessarily have that consistency anymore. And so, um, you know, I don't know what you're doing at this time in terms of, you know, uh, of keeping in touch with your students and so forth, but I'm sure there are consistent kinds of things that you're trying to do with them to remind them that we're still part of a team. We're Mm -hmm. still, you know, all together. We're here for each other. And that reassurance, especially for the younger ones who really don't necessarily understand what's going on around them, um, and they're hearing different things, and it's making them very anxious. So having, having that feeling of safety, yes, and that inner feeling of, I can do this because I know I have people backing me and taking care of me, so... Um, Elizabeth, this was wonderful. I wish we could continue talking for, you know, for a long, long time. Um, please let us know, let everybody know who's listening, how they can get in touch with you. You mentioned it briefly at the beginning, but I'd love for you to, to give us specifically how, how they can find you.
1: Absolutely, I am on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. And Periscope, all as immersed learning because I'm Elizabeth Merce, n-e-r-c-e Um, so you guys can always connect with me there. I love learning from new people and connecting with whether it's parents or educators. That's how we grow—is when we connect and talk to others. So,
0: absolutely, and I'm certainly doing that through this podcast. I learn something <laughs> every time I interview a guest. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I really appreciate Thank you. your time today. You are awesome. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast, Journeys to Belonging, Um, and the next episode will be out in two weeks. In the meantime, you can connect with me on Twitter at Eileen Winokur, I-L-E-N-E-W-I-N-O-K-U-R, or on Instagram at Eileen underscore W. And you can also find my blog uh, at the website HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash cultures dot build. See you in two weeks.